views and opinions on the following program are not necessarily those of the staff and management of Oldies 1079, WOLD, or SRN Communications. It's time now for Here's the Thing, a show that's all about you with your host, Lauren Cardinal, a board-certified hypnotist and results coach. If you're looking to make a positive change this year, learn lifelong tools to reduce stress and be present. If you're stuck and need to remove the blocks that are from success and happiness in the areas of your life, or if you want to get a new perspective on things, well, it's time to talk to Lauren Cardinal. To talk to Lauren, call 732 748 1079. That's 732-748-1079. And now, here's your host, Lauren Cardinal. Hello, and thank you for joining me for Here's the Thing. I am Lauren Cardinal, your host. Changing your life starts with changing your mind. Right here, right now. First of all, I just want to comment on what we're dealing with as a country right now and the tragedy in Las Vegas from last night, it's just devastating. Uh, hearts definitely go out to the families who have lost someone and who are dealing with the struggles right now. Also thinking of Tom Petty today, an icon. And I've always admired Tom Petty's music, but a few years ago, two years ago maybe, I saw a documentary on his life, and I just never realized the breadth and depth of his work and as a result really became a dedicated fan of his so feeling the loss of that today as well his life an icon so I want to thank you for listening tonight listening live on oldies 107.9 WOLD now serving more of central New Jersey on 95.1 FM and this show Here's the thing is about you and for you. Each week, I serve up the opportunity to discuss relevant and timely topics so that you, me, we can make positive changes in our lives. We can learn how to do, reduce stress, gain a new perspective, and just live a better life, a happier life. I'm a certified life coach and a clinical hypnotherapist, and we talk about what's important to you here. In this one-hour show, I'll take calls, answer questions, coach you through issues right here, right now, right in the moment. If you have something to share, please do. In the meantime, thank you for listening live, and thank you to my podcast listeners far and wide. There are so many nice ways to describe people. The friendly neighbor, your caring uncle, your funny friend... What about other ways to describe people? Your short-tempered client, the angry coworker, the frustrated classmate. But the difficult person, it's almost something different, right? It implies certainly something negative, but almost without being able to put your finger on it, without knowing why they are that way. And that makes it, well, difficult to deal with them. When we describe somebody as being difficult, it's almost as if we can't say, oh, well, they're just, they're just angry or they're frustrated or there's just something. They're just 
difficult. Can't put my finger on it, but they're just difficult. And we know these people. We likely avoid them because of how we feel when we engage with them. So tonight, we're going to talk more about these difficult people, what makes them difficult, and discuss some options of how to deal with them so that life doesn't have to slow down or stop just because we're avoiding them. And think about that for a moment. If we know that we have to deal with somebody that we consider to be difficult, the time that's involved in our heads in gearing up for a conversation or gearing up for that situation or the time that we spend trying to avoid a situation. I'm thinking of a time I did a talk at uh, at a business, at a corporate a corporation, and it was about dealing with difficult people. And one of the attendees said that she just waits till the end of the day before she makes her call because then she knows it'll go to voicemail. And then the next morning she can just avoid the, the incoming call. Just all of this avoidance and the time waiting, waiting until the end of the day till that she knew that somebody was gone and not having to deal with this person directly. So that's what I mean in terms of the time that we take in slowing things down or stopping the forward movement of our lives just to avoid these difficult people. If you have a difficult person in your life and you'd like to get some coaching tonight, just call in 732-748-1079. And first off, tonight's show is brought to you by Full Recovery Wellness Center. Full Recovery is located in Fairfield, New Jersey. And whether you're struggling to get clean and sober or 12-step old-timer or family member of a recovering alcoholic or addict, the Full Recovery Wellness Center offers the tools needed to succeed in recovery and in life. They have a dedicated and caring staff that understands that addiction is a complex illness that has biological, genetic, psychological, social, and developmental roots, and their treatment targets this entire range of factors. Their goal is simple. Provide the tools that help people in recovery to enjoy a rich and rewarding life. Full Recovery offers outpatient and intensive outpatient treatment programs as well as a free family dynamic workshop series. They focus on the individual and the family to integrate recovery principles and spiritual concepts with leadership, relationship, and career skills to guide individuals to a life of contribution and prosperity. For more information, call 973-244-0022. That's 973-244-0022. Or find them online at www.fullrecovery.com. That's full-recovery.com. Great. So in last week's show... We discussed living your life on purpose from college and beyond. I was joined by my special guest, Jesse Peck Martin from Compass U Educational Consulting. And Jesse works with students during their admission process for college, kind of that, that fear frenzy part of it, and helping the students and their families navigate the applications and really hone in on the purpose of it all. And doing so allows the students to be authentic 
which leads to an application and a life that are intrinsically entwined with purpose. We had a great conversation. If you know of someone getting ready to enter into college admission process, please listen to the podcast. Jesse works with students worldwide. To learn what we discussed on the show, or if you'd like to hear it again, you can find that podcast as well as all of my previous show's podcasts on my website, www.laurencardinal.com, or you can find the podcasts through iTunes. And if you'd like to receive my newsletter, it goes out every week on Thursdays. I call it Here's the Thing on Thursday. It's not just for Thursday, but it's Here's the Thing on Thursday. It's always short and sweet. My newsletter might be highlights of my weekly radio show, ponderings on a thought or a quote, or links to really great information. You can go to my website's contact page and just click on the newsletter icon and you're in, www.laurencardinal.com. Or you can send me an email to lauren at laurencardinal.com. I'll add you to the newsletter list. And newsletter subscribers will also be the first to hear about new offerings and free items that I have and hypnosis recordings in the future. And in addition to welcoming listeners on 95.1, I'd like to welcome the Sussex County listening audience to the show on WRSK 97.5, broadcasting pre-recorded shows from Sussex County Community College on Saturday mornings from 9 to 10 a.m. The live shows are recorded here at WOLD on Monday nights from 7 to 8 p.m., and then listen to on Saturday morning. So welcome to Sussex County listeners. And as always, you can listen to the live show on the Internet at WOLDradio.com. You can listen through the TuneIn Radio app on your phone or through the free Apple device app. Apple device app. Try and say that three times fast. You are listening to Here's the Thing on WOLD. I'm your host, Lauren Cardinal, and tonight we're talking about dealing with difficult people. You know who they are. If there's someone you regularly avoid, that's who we're talking about here. And we avoid these people because we can't figure out what works. If you'd like to share your experience and get some coaching around it, give me a call at 732-748-1079. That's 732-748-1079. Now, we've all been there trying valiantly to reason with an incredibly difficult person. The situation proves frustrating, maddening, and sometimes maybe even frightening. The truth is you can't reason with an unreasonable person. However, there are some techniques to better manage these dicey situations. And we know that life is a web of relationships. It's natural to gravitate towards those relationships that bring you the most happiness, the most growth, the most fulfillment. However, despite what may be your best efforts and intentions to the contrary, you're sometimes forced to deal with challenging relationships and difficult people. Navigating these interactions can often result in stress and tension and anxiety, and that all negatively impacts your mood And it can expose you to unpleasant emotions within yourself. Things that can kind of come up suddenly. You may not even expect it. But remember, people can't make you feel anything without your permission. 
I love that quote from Eleanor Roosevelt. People can't make you feel anything without your permission. You get to choose how you feel in every moment of every day. So expressions like, you made me feel bad when you said that, or he made me so angry. Uh-uh, no way. When I have a client that starts out that way to me, time out, cut it short. That's not the way it works here. It's a matter of controlling and owning your emotions. Those expressions have to be turned around. We have to take ownership of our own emotions if we want or expect for them to change. I often think of emotions of others as something that they're selling. I kind of make it a visual in my mind to a certain extent. Like <clears throat> someone who is, whether they're saying it or they're just uh, it's visible through their body language or some of their word choices. But essentially, they're saying, I'm really, really, really mad, and I'm going to act mad, and then you'll get mad. So, yes, they're selling the emotion of being mad. And they're selling it to you because you're right there. You're in front of them. You're engaging with them. But are you buying? That's the part to consider. They're selling the emotion, but are you buying? You don't have to engage. You get to choose. You don't have to buy that emotion and take it on. Perhaps you have a difficult person that you're thinking of right now. Just take a moment to think of a situation with that person that was difficult. And if it helps, you can close your eyes. We're not going to go into the long, a long visualization. I'll do something at the end of the show. But just take a moment <clears throat> to imagine, sense, or feel that the person that you're in that situation and the person is trying to sell you the emotion that he or she is feeling when in that conversation or that situation with you. And you are there. And are you buying that emotion that's being sold or not? If you did in your last dealing, well, here's an opportunity to change the outcome of that situation in your mind right now. Create a different ending in your mind right now to that conversation or that situation. And I guarantee with that visualization in your mind and creating that different outcome, you'll have a different outcome in your next dealing with that individual as well. This, this uh, visualization will come up. It'll be a reminder for you. I guarantee it. Additionally, we can't control other people. I've said this many times, and I'm not the only one who says it. This isn't an, a new revelation. You can't control other people. You can only control yourself. You may think that you can control a behavior. And sometimes you can, but it's only temporary. We use force, or if we use fear or guilt, it works temporarily. But the residual emotion isn't good. So it will be rejected. And isn't that the reason that we're discussing this subject tonight? Because difficult people often allow us to identify with emotions in ourselves that aren't so good. And we want to be able to change that. We want to have a better experience for as much as we can control the situation. And of course, it starts with you. It starts with me. We are the ones that begin affecting the change. It's not a matter of changing someone else. If you'd like to call in and share a situation that you're dealing with with somebody, just give a call in 732-748-1079. 
When dealing with difficult people, it's important to remember that everyone you encounter is doing the best they can from their own perspectives. Therefore, it's important to try not to judge their behavior. No matter how it may appear from your perspective, few, if any, of the difficult people in your life are deliberately trying to be the bad guy or the villain. They're simply making the choices that seem best from where they find themselves in the current moment, regardless of the amount of mayhem it might bring into the experience of others. It's funny. I just have to take a sip here. I mentioned um, the topic of the conversation tonight to a friend of mine, and she immediately got back to me almost laughing, describing the difficulty that she just encountered today. She has her father living with her, and she came home to her father having used her brand-new sponge to clean out something. It was um, a case that held, it was a rusty case that held old shoe polish. And she said he had had it since his Army days. She said over 60 years. But today he picked to clean out this rusty container with her brand new sponge and was admiring it how clean it was. <laughs> and she was thinking, but you used my brand new sponge. So she had a great attitude about it and was saying, well, we just don't see things the same way. He says, I'm a clean freak and I don't really understand why today was the day he needed to clean that out. But, you know, so I said, well, the question is, are you enough of a clean freak that you tried to clean the sponge or did you throw it out to buy a new one? And she said, oh, I threw it out in two seconds. So <laughs> not that much of a clean freak, right? But a great perspective just saying to herself and saying to me, we just don't see the se see the things the same way. But that's an understanding, kind of what I'm saying here. Her father wasn't trying to be the bad guy. He just all of a sudden maybe saw that and thought, oh, it's been so long. I'm remembering it's in front of me. I'm going to clean this, and it'll feel so good. And he was so excited about it that a new sponge was secondary. So it was just different perspective. He wasn't trying to be the villain or the bad guy regardless of how it seemed to her and her frustration, which she kept um, at bay in understanding the situation. So kudos to her. Now, at you've probably heard of Deepak Chopra. And at the Chopra Center, Chopra Center, there's a program offered that includes exploring tools for better awareness and communication which can help you learn to communicate directly with people in your life for maximum emotional well-being. And that's what we're talking about here, the emotions. And this includes asking yourself four particular questions derived from Marshall Rosenberg's book. Now, I haven't talked about Marshall Rosenberg's book on the, on the show before, but I've referred to it many times over the years. It's one of the books that I have that's, you know, got highlights and notes in the margin and, and dog-eared pages. His book is called Nonviolent Communication. And in his book, he suggests asking the following four questions after dealing 
with a difficult person. And the first one, ask yourself, what just happened? What really just happened? Distinguishing observations from evaluations for awareness and clarity is the opportunity there. So getting that objectivity a little bit more, that observation. What just really happened here? And then what are the feelings arising in me? Taking responsibility for emotions and the beliefs without slipping into victimization, that woe is me, I've been attacked or whatever it is, but just acknowledging what are the feelings that are arising in me? What am I feeling? And then asking, what do I need that I'm not receiving? Because there is a component in that dialogue, that conversation, that situation, that's important for you identifying your own needs rather than assuming others automatically know what you require. So asking yourself in this situation, what do I need that I'm not receiving? And then asking yourself, what am I asking for? Because once you understand what you need, if you're not asking for it, well, then the answer to that question is I'm not asking for anything. I haven't asked for anything, so how could that be fulfilled if I'm not asking for it? So you're asking yourself, what am I asking for? Specifically formulating a request for what you need and then surrendering the outcome because you can't control somebody else. You're putting it out there, you're making the request and letting it go. And these are powerful questions and they can lead to a far more productive and conscious exchange with the people in your life. However, if a person is unwilling to help you meet your needs and falls squarely into the category of being a difficult person, you can maintain your presence and respond from the level of your highest awareness. And how do we do that? The highest awareness, what does that mean? What does that mean for me? I think it's different for everybody. The highest awareness, well, at the, the, deep, the Deepak Chopra Center, the Chopra Center, they give seven steps, seven steps that you can use to help you navigate through dealing with a difficult person. And they can be used independently or in sequence, depending on what the situation requires. You know what you need in a certain situation, and perhaps one of these or more of these will resonate with you more than others. Interactions with difficult people are dynamic, and there isn't a one quick fix for every situation. And in these seven things, you'll notice that the suggestions focus primarily around changing your perceptions of the relationship rather than trying to change the behavior of the other person. And like I said before, it starts with you, it starts with me. We are the ones that can begin making the changes because we can't change other people. So the first one is to use the stop model to avoid reactivity. And I say reactivity because the difference is about responding rather than reacting. Reacting assumes you have no control. It's just something that lights you up. Responding is the opportunity to think and to organize your thoughts around how you want to deal with the situation. So the stop model, 
It's an acronym. And it stands for the S. Stop whatever you're doing. Often the most difficult step, but likely the most important to master. If you can stop whatever you're doing, you're likely, I think of it like a politician at a, at a press conference, because the aim is to not get rattled, right? And I've mentioned this to my husband, particularly when our kids were younger, that kids are trying to get a rise out of us. And if they do, it's like the politician at a press conference. If there's a rise out of that individual that's seen, they lose. Press got them. Kids got them. So it is one of, I think it's one of the most difficult things to do to stop and not allow yourself to get to lose control. Uh, that might be a little bit strong. To react. To react. And I've struggled with it myself. Maybe that's why I think it's one of the most difficult things to do. Because when something lights me up, I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> but taking time to stop what you're doing is so important. And then the T for stop, S-T-O-P, is take, take three deep breaths. If you can take the deep breaths, you're getting the oxygen to your brain. You're able to think. You're out of fight or flight mode. You are able to think. The O is for observe. Observe how your body feels. This is a big part of it. Where are you feeling it when something ignites in you with this person? This is a big window for you into yourself. And I'll offer a visualization towards the end of the program that relates to this. It's important to know where you feel it in your body. And as a hypnotherapist, it's likely the first question that I would ask you when you describe a situation with a difficult person, or just about any situation for that matter. We spend so much time thinking, thinking, thinking in our heads that we often don't even know what we're feeling in our bodies. Sometimes we don't know what we're feeling in our bodies until our bodies are stopping us and keeping us on the couch because we're sick. But... It's important to know. I had a client the other day, and I said, where do you feel it in your body? And my client said, well, I think, and what was beyond that doesn't matter, because she was trying to think about what was going on. And I said, no, when you think of that, where do you feel it in your body? So the opportunity to observe where you're feeling it in your body is essential. And the P in the STOP acronym is proceed with kindness and compassion. And I think if you can stop, if you can take deep, deep breaths, and if you can observe what you're feeling in your body, it's much easier to do this P, proceed with kindness and compassion, because every behavior has a positive intention. People always do what they believe is right and what works best for their own reality. No matter how strange, hurtful, or inappropriate a person's behavior may seem to you, the for the person engaging in the behavior, it makes sense in their model of the world. And it's predicated upon satisfying a positive intention for them, though not necessarily for you. The key is to appreciate that there is a positive intention behind the other person's behavior. And it doesn't mean that you have to view the other person's behavior as positive or even acceptable. You may even find it pretty distasteful. You can look behind the behavior to discover the positive intention or if it's not apparent, look for an intention that makes sense in their reality. That's the understanding. Once you have an understanding of their intention, you can explore alternative ways to help the person achieve it. And then that unwanted behavior is unnecessary. 
And I've used the, re- the phrase so many times, review the behavior, not the person. Because when you take time to look at the behavior and why it could be happening, it's a huge window of understanding that opens up. And again, it may be the opportunity then to practice tolerance. And remember, tolerance isn't always acceptance. It's just accepting that there are different views and being okay with that. Because it may not be right for you, but it's right for that person. No matter how challenging the difficult person or relationship is, taking this pause will help to derail the emotional reactions that are primed to take over in the heat of the moment. If you are just tuning in, you're listening to Here's the Thing. I am your host, Lauren Cardinal. And tonight we're talking about dealing with difficult people. You know who they are. If there's someone that you regularly avoid, that's who we're talking about here. And we avoid these people because we can't figure out what works. If you'd like to share your experience and get some coaching around it, give me a call at 732-748-1079. And call in now. We're going to take a quick break, and we can talk after the break. We'll be right back. Did you know there's a world-class addiction treatment center that accepts most insurance right in Fairfield, New Jersey? The Full Recovery Wellness Center offers substance abuse help with flexible day and evening options. Overcoming addictive behavior is really just the beginning of recovery. The Full Recovery Program offers a holistic approach to improve all areas of your life, from strained relationships to difficult career and financial situations. At Full Recovery, the goal is simple. Provide you the tools needed to enjoy a rich and rewarding life. Full Recovery is now offering its exclusive badge of honor program a treatment solution designed to meet the unique privacy needs of new jersey's first responders and police officers when relapse is not an option turn to the state licensed professionals at the full recovery wellness center located at 87 fairfield road in fairfield for more information 973-244-0022 or at www.full-recovery.com full recovery wellness center in fairfield And now, back to Here's the Thing, a show that's all about you on WOLD. And your host, Lauren Cardinal, a board-certified hypnotist and results coach. If you'd like to speak to Lauren, you can call in at 732-748-1079. That's 732-748-1079. Let's get back to the show with your host, Lauren Cardinal. Hello and welcome back. Uh, I've been going over the steps for from the Chopra uh, Center about seven things that you can use, the steps you can use to help deal with a difficult person. The first one that we talked about before the break was using the stop method. To stop, take deep, three deep breaths, observe how you feel in your body, and then proceed with compassion. The second step is to see through the control drama the other person is using. Control dramas are manipulative behaviors people often fall into when their needs aren't being met. And there are four primary control dramas. See if you can recognize them or if one of them fits the difficult person that you have in your mind. Being nice and manipulative. Being nasty and manipulative. Being aloof and withdrawn. Playing the victim or poor me role. Control dramas are frequently learned in childhood. And they're a strategy to manipulate others into giving you what you want. What you want. 
Interestingly, many people never outgrow their primary control drama or evolve to higher forms of communication that stays with you. And as a hypnotherapist, you've heard me say this before, because what the beliefs that are formed between the ages of 8 and 12 really can stick until you have the opportunity to work with them at a subconscious level and really change them, change those beliefs. When you witness one of the control dramas playing out in a difficult person, you can automatically become more understanding. If you think about the difficult person that's in your mind right now, and you imagine that person that you're dealing with using the same control drama as a child, from that perspective, it's easier to realize that the individual never learned another way to get their needs met. And maybe it's a little bit easier to give your compassion at that point then. They might not even know what they need, and certainly not knowing how to ask for it, which goes back to those four questions from Marshall Rosenberg. What do I need and what am I asking for? And understanding that and finding that compassion can really make a profound shift in the perspective and take the entire relationship in a different direction. And it's really simple, actually. The third step is don't take it personally. Sounds simple, I know, but it's never personal. What people say is about them. What we feel is about us. And I'm going to say that again. What people say is about them. What we feel is about us. When you're involved with a difficult person, it can feel like their words are a deliberate personal attack, and that's not the case. Their reaction and behavior is not about you. It's about them. Everyone is experiencing reality through their own filters and perceptions of the world, and your behavior is a direct result of those interpretations. A difficult person's point of view is something that's personal to them. In their reality, they are the director, the producer, and the leading actor of their own movie. You play only a small part in their drama. In a similar manner, they are possibly only small players in your drama, so you can choose not to give them your life control over your happiness. If you take the situation personally, you end up becoming offended and react by defending your beliefs and causing additional conflict, right? I know that that's, that's hap certainly happened to me when we get that reaction. We're not stopping and observing and allowing ourselves to breathe and react to defend because it feels personal. But in refusing to take things personally, you diffuse the ego and it helps to de-escalate the potential conflict. Number four. Practice defenselessness. It can be a powerful strategy when confronted with a difficult person. And being defenseless doesn't mean that you're passive. You still maintain your personal opinion and perspective in the situation. But rather than engaging with the intention of making the other person wrong, you consciously choose just to not be an adversary. And I think this, this practicing defenselessness kind of goes along with that stop part where you're not engaging, you're not actively engaging. The point is to choose not to be an adversary, not taking on that role. It means that you're giving up the need to be the smartest person in the room. You ask your ego and intellect to sit this one out and proceed with an open acceptance of the other person's position. 
You don't have to agree with their perspective or even like it. Again, tolerance. The point of this process is to compassionately suspend your need to defend a particular point of view. Because an interaction with a difficult person doesn't have to turn into a heated debate. Other, oftentimes, the other person just simply needs to be heard. And by allowing them to express themselves without resistance, they can fulfill that need and perhaps become a little bit more amicable, a little nicer. And establishing the defenselessness creates the space that allows for a more compassionate and peaceful interaction. And there's always the option for number five, to walk away if necessary. Difficult people can often draw you into a field of negativity. And if you feel like you can't maintain your awareness and objectivity, there's nothing wrong with removing yourself from the situation. And even voicing that, I can't talk about this right now. I need a little bit of space. Can we talk about this later? A negative exchange can leave you feeling physically depleted and emotionally exhausted. And if the previous options that we've talked about aren't helping you deal with the difficult person, you can walk away. You don't have anything to prove to anyone, and there's no need to martyr yourself on the battleground with this person. You may have the best intentions for the exchange, but sometimes the only option is to withdraw. And it isn't about winning or losing. It's about stepping away from a negative environment that's dampening your spirit. You can detach from the situation. Number six, see the experience as an opportunity. As challenging as it is, dealing with a difficult person can be a learning experience. Relationships mirror your inner world back to you. We've talked about this before. And they help to open your eyes to those things you may not want to see. The qualities in another that upset you are often those aspects of yourself that you repress. It's called projection. And in the coaching world, I know you've heard me talk about it before. If you spot it, you got it. And it just may be in a different way. If, and I think I've brought this up on a previous show, if my, the, the thing that bothers me is about being lazy, uh, somebody who I feel is lazy would, would bother me. That doesn't mean I'm not lazy. I just do lazy in a different way. A big thing for me is respect. So if I feel that someone is being re disrespectful to me or to someone else, I find particularly with children, if they're being disrespectful, that it lights me up. So in this, yeah, here's the difficult question for me to ask myself. When am I disrespectful? My disrespectful may look different than that, but if I spot it, I've got it. And that's the opportunity. It's not very comfortable. It's not a comfortable thing to do. But... It is a learning opportunity, and sometimes it is something that we don't like about ourselves, so we overcompensate, go in the other direction. The opposite of someone being lazy would be an overachiever because we're overcompensating for that, that trait that we don't like. So with a difficult person, we may need to recognize something in that person that's within ourselves, even if we do it a different way. You, When you see a difficult person as an ally, 
on the journey you're traveling together, you'll be ready to answer that question of what am I meant to learn in this situation? It's a powerful question if you can get that objectivity and see the experience as an opportunity for learning. Take a deep breath on that one. I know when you're in the heat of the moment, that's not the easiest thing to do. Number seven, resonate compassion. Compassion is an attribute of the strong, highly evolved person who sees opportunities for healing, for peace, for love in every situation. Even when faced with a difficult person, compassion allows you to see someone who's suffering and looking for relief. Compassion reminds you that this person has been happy and sad, just like you've been, has experienced health and sickness, just as you have, has friends and loved ones who care for them, just like you, and will one day grow old, just like we will. This understanding can help to open up your heart to see the difficult person at a different level. And if you can think, speak, and act from this perspective, you will resonate the compassion that lives at the deepest level of your being. It is there, and it can help you transform your relationships. It's there. It's not always up at the surface when we need it in dealing with difficult people, but it is there. And the more that we spend time accessing that and trying to find it, the easier it, it comes to the surface when we need it. You're listening to Here's the Thing. I'm your host, Lauren Cardinal, board-certified hypnotist and results coach. And tonight we're talking about dealing with difficult people. You know who they are. If there's someone you regularly avoid, that's who we're talking about. And we avoid these people because difficult people are difficult to figure out. And that's why we avoid them. If you'd like to share your experience and get some coaching on a specific situation, give me a call, 732-748-1079. We can talk through it. I have something else that I wanted to, to get through with you tonight. Now, as I mentioned, those seven steps are from the uh, Chopra Center, Deepak Chopra. I also, in the research, look at a variety of different things. And believe me, there are tons of articles out there that talk about how to deal with difficult people. So it's a pretty common thing. It's a universal thing. So what I wanted to do, uh, I bring up some pointers from an article in Psychology Today. And these pointers, there are 22 of them. 22? 22. And, just sorry, 20. There are 20 of them, but they're practical. And the, the ideas from the Chopra Center are sort of internal. They resonate internally. They're thinking, they're feeling. Um, and these are more, the ones from Psychology Today are more in the moment, active, engaging. So, without further ado, let's, we'll get right into it. The steps for dealing with the difficult people. Okay. Number one, listen. Listening is the number one step in dealing with unreasonable people. Everyone wants to be heard. Number two, stay calm. This goes back to stop. This goes back to compassion. 
When a situation is emotionally charged, it's easy to get caught up in the heat of the moment. Monitor your breathing. That's the T. Take three, three deep breaths. Number three, don't judge. You don't know what the other person is going through. Chances are if a person is acting unreasonable, they're likely feeling some sort of vulnerability or fear. And obviously you can see some, some repetition in what they're talking about here, worded a different way. But I like the way that they're pulling specific things out, so I wanted to share that with you. Number four, reflect respect and dignity toward the other person. After just talking about respect, this one was an important one for me. No matter how a person is treating you, showing contempt will not help the situation productively. So reflect respect. Number five, look for the hidden need. This is that open window that we were talking about, whether it's the communication style from when they were a child or whether it's asking that question, what's really happening here? Look for the hidden need. What is this person really trying to gain? What is this person trying to avoid? Number six, look for others around you who might be able to help. If you're at work and there's an irate customer, quickly scan to see if a colleague is close by. Sometimes helping that other positive person can break up that negative energy field. Yes, that's energy talk, but you know what I'm talking about. Seven, don't demand compliance. For example, telling someone who's upset to be quiet and calm down, just calm down, I'll just make him or her irate. Have you, can you remember a time when somebody has said to you and you're mad, oh, you know, just calm down, just calm down. It's like, I can't calm down. Not right now. I will. I will get calm. It's just that right now, i got to process through this emotion. So instead, ask the person what they're upset about and allow them to vent. Again, just allowing them to vent, it's nothing personal. It's just like air going out of a balloon. Just let it go. Just let it process out. The job of an emotion is to communicate and leave. So by letting that balloon blow out its air, by letting them vent, it's leaving. It's just communicating and let it leave. Number eight, saying, I understand, usually makes things worse. Instead... Say, tell me more so I can understand better. And I'll tell you, taking that a step further, which I'll probably talk about this in another show later on about uh, the art of listening, that when you're saying to someone, I understand, if you've tried that before, people may say to you, the person might say to you, you don't understand what I'm dealing with. You don't know. You haven't dealt, dealt with this. You don't understand. But if you can... Acknowledge what they're dealing with and validate it. The importance of validating what they're feeling is helping them to feel like anyone would feel that way if they were in that situation. And once you do that, it normalizes the situation. Then they know that you understand. Number nine, avoid smiling. This is in the moment, practical. It may look like you're mocking the person. Humor can sometimes lighten the mood, but it may not always be what the situation needs. It's risky, and it may backfire. Number 10, don't act defensively. And this is tough. This is what we were talking about before, taking a breath, stopping, being compassionate. You're naturally not enjoying the other person saying nasty things or things that you know aren't true. You're going to want to defend yourself, but the other person is so emotionally revved up, it's not going to help. Take a step back. 
get some objectivity, and decide not to engage. Eleven, don't return anger with anger. Again, not engaging. Raising your vibration, that higher level of awareness. Number twelve, don't argue or try to convince the other person of anything. And this number ten, number eleven, and twelve, I think, seem all to all go together. Not arguing or trying to convince the other person of anything. It's falling on on deaf ears. There's an expression that, let me get it right, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So until you can meet that person where they are, that understanding, that acknowledge, that validate, it doesn't matter what you're saying. It's just falling on deaf ears. It's like a light switch. Click. You just turned off. In one ear, out the other. So to try and convince that person of anything, it's just not going to work. Number 13, keep extra space between you and, and the other person. And I liked this one, which is one of the reasons that I brought all of these to you. Your instinct may be to try to calm the other person down by putting your arm on theirs or some other similar gesture that may be appropriate in other contexts. But if somebody's already upset, avoid touch. It might also be interpreted. I think of it like in the, the previous one that said, oh, you know, just calm down. Just calm down. That putting your arm on somebody can get that same response. It's sort of like, okay, they're there. Calm down. When really what an individual oftentimes needs is that validation that they're, what they're feeling is valid. It's normal. And just allowing them to express it is so important. Sort of that, yeah, that's right. Whatever you're feeling that's exactly what you should be feeling in this moment. Go ahead. Get it out. That's right. And I often say that to parents with their, with their kids who have tears. If they don't know what to say, that's okay. Just be next to someone and that's right. That's right. Cry. That's the emotion. Communicating and leaving. Getting it out. Don't let those toxins stay in. So where was I? Oh, keep extra space between you and the other person about not touching them. Same thing. Number 14, saying I'm sorry or I'm going to try to fix this can go a long way to diffusing many situations. And that may be a little bit more in the business sense with a client or um, a customer. Just acknowledging that you're, going, that you're on it kind of puts them at ease. 16, trust your instincts. If your gut is saying this is going downhill fast, be ready to do what you need to remain safe. Look for an exit strategy. Because dealing with a difficult person can get to that level. So trust your gut. Number 17, one response does not fit all. You have to remain flexible. And if you're following your gut as best as you can, you're better able to determine what the response is needed in that situation Every person is unique and may respond differently. So that flexibility is important. Number 18, debrief. After the situation is over, talk to someone about what happened. It can help the understanding. Number 19, discharge your own stress. This is an important one. You had to put your natural reactions on hold for a while, so now you've got to get up, get out that adrenaline that's been pent up, those toxins. 
Maybe you need to cry. Go for a walk. Take the dog for a walk. Don't let the emotions stay stuck in your body. Your emotions need to communicate and leave. And 20, give yourself credit for getting through an uncomfortable situation. It takes a lot of energy to be calm, be compassionate when someone else is behaving badly. So be good to yourself. Don't skip this step. Oh, and I see Kim is on the line. Kim wants to pop in for a minute. Oh, we have just about a minute or two. Kim, are you there? Yes, I am, and I'm just going to take less than a minute. Okay, it's good to hear you. Thanks for calling in. I've been listening. Lauren, this was a superb topic. I just learned some other tools to help me in the situation that I am. I'm learning that a controlling person and a person who thinks they're always right and the type of person who does the can you top this. Uh Now I'm realizing after listening to you that these things are probably coming from someplace else within and I need to practice more on how to say, you know, I just can't talk about this right now because I've been letting it bother me and it's only bothering me because once it's over and done with, I'm the one carrying all that nasty bag. That's right. That's right. This was a superb topic. Oh, great. I'm glad you found some helpful tools. That's what it's about. So great. And I know you don't have much time left, but I did want to share that much. Thank you very much. Thanks for calling in, Kim. It's always great to hear from you. Okay, dear. Talk to you later. You bet. Okay, Bye. bye. So, difficult people. If your difficult person is more than just difficult and you believe it's somewhat toxic or it's really draining your energy, you may want to check out two of our previous shows or podcasts on my website. One is called Navigating Unavoidable Toxic Relationships. That was August 28th. And How We Are Leaking Our Energy is from April 17th. Additionally, Marshall Rosenberg's book is called Nonviolent Communication, A Language of Life. So looking at the time... We have about a minute left, so I don't have time for the visualization. So let me just mention that we do we did discuss some helpful hints from two different sources tonight, and I shared a lot of my own perspectives on the subject, both from personal experience as well as through experience with my coaching and hypnotherapy clients. And pulling from these three resources, what remains consistent to me is not engaging in the difficulty, staying calm and neutral, and observing for the learning. They're not easy things to do, but the more you can practice that, the more you can benefit. And the more you practice it, poof, the difficulty in the situation seems to go away. It starts to dissolve. Taking a step back to see the window into the other person, the needs, and into ourselves, why it lights us up, is important. Difficult people can challenge you for sure, but by practicing Many or all of the steps that I've mentioned, you can respond rather than react and hopefully take your relationships to a better, more consistent level of understanding. Remember once again that no matter how it might appear, difficult people are doing the best that they're able. And in closing, I like to end with a quote. There are some people who always seem angry and continuously look for conflict. Walk away. The battle they're fighting isn't with you. It's with themselves. I would like to thank my sponsor, Full Recovery Wellness Center. I'd like to thank Kim for calling in, and I'd like to thank you for joining me. Set your calendar and tune in next week, Columbus Day, live at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You don't want to miss the show. Until then, keep it light, smile, and enjoy. Good night.
a world-class addiction treatment center that accepts most insurance right in Fairfield, New Jersey. The Full Recovery Wellness Center offers substance abuse help with flexible day and evening options. Overcoming addictive behavior is really just the beginning of recovery. The Full Recovery Program offers a holistic approach to improve all areas of your life, from strained relationships to difficult career and financial situations. At Full Recovery, the goal is simple. Provide you the tools needed to enjoy a rich and rewarding life. Full Recovery is now offering its exclusive badge of honor program, a treatment solution designed to meet the unique privacy needs of New Jersey's first responders and police officers. When relapse is not an option, turn to the state licensed professionals at the Full Recovery Wellness Center, located at 87 Fairfield Road in Fairfield. For more information, 973-244-0022 or at www.full-recovery.com. Full Recovery Wellness Center in Fairfield. 